0: At the US Amateur, talk a little bit about having uh, Paul Clancy on the bag, w- what it's meant to you in getting you to um, be yourself on the golf course. Oh, he gets it on the green,
1: landed on the green. That is Thank some you. speed. Take that, Thank you. and Austin Squires, the 64 seed, a two up win. we down breath. That should count as two, sand saves. <laughs> Up, 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 Welcome to the Pro-Am Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Paul Clancy, joined by my good buddy and co-host Austin Squires. Austin, how are we doing?
0: I'm doing all right, Paul. I uh, played at a moonlight today and um, had never seen the golf course before and that was a mistake. Um kind of got humbled out there a little bit and didn't, uh, didn't win my money back, so that was kind of frustrating, but um, I've had a great week, to be honest. Um, been playing solid, just didn't show today. Uh, went, went back out to Isleworth and played with Stricker and Ratif and Austin Waite and his dad Grant Waite, and um, yeah, no, just had a, a great week so far, and um, yeah, how are you doing?
1: Awesome, very, very cool. I am doing well
0: as well, thank
1: you. And, um, yeah, I, uh, had a good week so far here. Um, got to play my first round of the year yesterday of 2023 at, uh, Triple Crown had its opening day there as we got an unseasonably warm 63 to 65 degrees and sunny. A lot of wind, but, um, was still super enjoyable just to go out there and, uh, and just hit real golf shots, see the ball fly through the air. Um, you know, go in. New year, new me, a couple different, uh, different swing thoughts that I've just created myself, which is just more like creating bad habits. But, um, that's, uh, that's part of the game here on the AM side of it. So, um, again, super, super fun just to go out there and and enjoy being outside in the, in the middle of, uh, cutting up the middle of a work week a little bit there and getting out and hoping to get out again this weekend. If, uh, if the weather dries up a little bit and, and gets a little bit warmer, we're back to, uh, tomorrow, I believe being in the thirties there. So hopefully by Sunday, we'll be up in the fifties again and, and hopefully be able to get out there again, because now after that first round there, it's all I want to do every day again. And it's, uh, as much of a blessing as it was to get that fe- mid February round in, it, it may be a curse. Um, and, and tease me a little bit and have me waiting a little bit too, but, uh, but excited overall for the golf season and was, was a great, great week to, uh, to get out there and go play again. But I know that, uh, that you had mentioned, um, The, uh, another round at Isleworth with, uh, Steve Stricker, Retief Goosen, and and the Waite family there. And, um, again, I, I just want to clarify that this is a separate round here. This is a, uh, this is not a rerun. This is episode two for all the listeners there. Um, but, uh, Austin again had to, uh, had to one up the, uh, the Am here. The pro had to one up the Am with, um, when I texted him saying that Triple Crown was opening. And, uh, and I was going to get my first round of the year on. He says, uh, he replies back about five to 10 minutes later and says currently playing with, uh, with Stricker and Goose. And again, so, uh, so again, just had to really kind of rain on the parade a little bit, but, uh, but that's always a text. Every time I get that text, I know that he's having an awesome time and I'm trying to live vicariously through him and the stories here too. So, uh, so how did that go? If you've got any cool stories about how this round went compared to the first one, um, I'm sure that I'd love to hear it and the listeners would as well.
0: Yeah, man. Um, we had such a good time in that that first time playing together um, a couple weeks ago on a Saturday. That uh, they wanted to get another game together. Uh, they were headed out on Wednesday. Uh, today's, I guess, we're recording on Thursday, and we played together this past Tuesday. And so they were, they had the Chubb Classic coming up in Naples, and so they wanted to get a game together uh, before headed out for that. And um, Austin texted me and was like, Hey, we, if you want, if you're in, uh, Stricker wants a, a game on, on, uh, Tuesday. And then Retief joined in short, shortly after. And, um, Grant Austin's dad, um, played with us as well for a little bit. So we had a, a great time out there and, uh, we, we got to play a five some, um, cause you know, at Owlworth they just kind of let the members do whatever they want as long as they're being respectful. um, but no, honestly, like coming out the second time in a couple of weeks, I kind of felt like a member. So I, you know, I brought stuff. Um, you know, I brought, I brought the launch monitor and the all the gadgets out to practice after the round. And, and I brought a change of clothes to get in the cold tub after just like, you know, I've almost like I've done it a hundred times. And so, um, it just, it's honestly a part of the ro- routine, I guess now, <laughs> um, I just, you know, just one of the one of the guys, but no, it was it was great uh, getting out out there with those guys and meeting them, meeting up and playing with them again. Um, so, you know, the first time it was you know had some small talk in the beginning, just kind of like the the pleasantries or whatever. Um, but yeah, seeing them again was was so much fun, just kind of like um, getting back together. And um, but no, we had the the same game ten or twenty twenty forty, and then ten dollar validation skins and. Honestly, both teams really ham and egged it. Um, last, last time, uh, Strick just kind of balled out and just kind of t- put the team on his back. But um, this time, it was you know a mixture of Retief and Strick playing well, and then me and Austin kind of trade, traded back and forth as well. So, um, yeah, we started out, I birdied the first, Retief birdied the first, and then I bogeyed the second, Austin parred the second, and teeth parred so it was just kind of like a both teams were ham and egging and um we actually won the front nine one up this time so that was that was huge um i think me and austin were six under best ball on the front nine which was you know it was one of those things where if if i was out of position he was making par and if he was out of position i was making par or on uh, vice versa making birdies and um kind of the same thing with them but um trying to think we were i think we were One down. Um, Actually, no, we were even because we both birdied one, both birdied three, and then we get to um, seven, the par five, or no, six. Austin Waite birdied six, and then um, I birdied seven. They birdied seven, and then I birdied eight. So I don't remember exactly how it worked, but uh, I birdied eight to get us to – to all square and then Austin birdied ninth for us to be one up on that side. So that was, that was huge. And it felt so good to, to, uh, win that front nine because last, last time Strick uh, buried the ninth hole to, to edge, edge one up on us on that side. So, um, kind of felt like he was getting, we we're getting one back there. Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, they beat us on the, on the back nine though. Um, but, we did not go down without a fight because, um, you know, the, the first seven holes on the on the back nine were pretty, pretty normal. Just a few birdies, making doing the stuff you're supposed to, making pars where you need to. And then we get to seventeen, and we we decided to play it up a box. Um, the older guys, you know, they wanted to wanted to play up a box, wanted to play the Palmers instead of the the, the Tiger Tees, and so. I hit a great drive out there and had like, two, two thirty five on this part five to the front of the green or to the, to the pin and the pin was on the front of the green. It, it was like two twenty five to cover. Anyways, um, Stricker probably had two fifty, two sixty, and wind was in off the right, and so he hits this three wood that you know he's if he hits it up in the air, it's not getting there because it's hitting the wind. So he hits his low three wood, just like you know what what the public would. Think of when they see a tiger stinger, something like that, and the screen is raised, and it, this ball probably lands 50 yards short of the green, and just rolls right up the center of the green, right to that front pin location, about eight feet away. I'm like, well, that's at least a birdie, probably an eagle, and so Austin hits it short left, and I, you know, I've got this number. I hit my my forearm about 230, 235. And it's in off the right. And I'm like, man, if there's no wind, this would be perfect. And I'm like, if I hit three iron, the wind's not going to stop it. So me and Awesome were talking about it. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to hit the four iron as hard as I could and hope something good happens. And I hit it. And I felt I felt kind of immature. I hit it. And I was just like, oh, I ripped that. And, and just rifled it right at the pin. And we were screaming for it to go. It lands on the front of the green and rolls up there to like 10 feet. And like we're fist bumping and everything. And then get up there. I'm so jacked up. Hit it right through the break. And then Strick makes his 8-footer. Makes his I was like, wow, that was pretty anticlimactic. But, um, yeah, so they close us out on 17 for the back 9. And then we went to 18, 1 down. And, uh, again, we played it 1 box up because it was a little into the wind. So The older guys wanted to play it a little up. And so I hit an awesome drive up there to, like, 160. And then um, hit an 8-iron to about... 10 feet and, and cashed it for the, um, the birdie on 18. So that gave me a skin there cause it didn't have to validate. And then, uh, we won that hole and, um, tied the, tied the total. So no blood on the, all that. And then, um, you know, I got a $10 skin, so, uh, came out nice. ahead. It was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah,
1: definitely sounds like, uh, like more of a, a, a comfort zone on that second round there where everybody's a little bit more comfortable and everybody's um, a little bit more familiar with each other's games. And then you just go out and those matches when, when birdies are flying and they're, they're not flying together, they're flying hole by hole. Those are, those are about as fun as it gets when it comes to, to just normal kind of midweek or even weekend games for, for guys like me here when uh, there's, there's nothing worse when it's when bogeys are winning or having holes or anything. So when, when you can, uh, when you can go out there and fire some birdies in and really ham and egg and, and put them on top of one another then uh definitely makes for a more enjoyable, get those competitive juices flowing and, and have you kind of you with that four iron, have your Jeff Overton reaction after holding the wedge in the Ryder cup and just going nuts with the boom <laughs> baby and high five. And, and that, that's <laughs> the first thing I thought of with that. But, um, but that's, that's awesome. Uh, definitely. And like you said, to, uh, to be able to just, um, you know, Friends, guys like that, and and kind of get these these rounds together. Hopefully, staying pretty normal here too. I, I think that it's you know do nothing but but help you too from a uh, from a practice and and confidence perspective. And obviously, relationships make the world go round. So definitely, super super cool to to start building those relationships there. But um, Absolutely. But yeah. So on kind of another note, here is also this week as we're talking about weeks. And I'm sure that a lot of the listeners in the golf world uh, on its own, and even some of the non-golf world there, um, the uh, new Netflix special, the new Netflix series, Full Swing, came out. Um, uh, I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday it came out there, or it could have been Wednesday. But, uh, but it came out um, middle of this week, and I, uh, as the, uh, the TV show binger that I am, am uh, a handful of episodes ahead of you. But uh, we we won't give any spoilers, any specific spoilers or anything. But I did just want to talk about that and a little bit of your thoughts on it. And then I can give some of mine, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Me and Emily only got through the the first two episodes. So, um, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody at home. But, you know, the first episode was over or was... Over the classic um, story of of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, I'm not sure if anybody knew, but they're uh, they're really good and, friends. And and and, uh, and if
1: you didn't know that Justin Thomas won last year's PGA Championship, then please stop listening now. And because if that's a spoiler, then uh, then it, then we're going to spoil quite a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know, <laughs> there's not much we could spoil because but it it's has- just kind of fun. <laughs> to, yeah, like. You you know everything that's happened, but it's just kind of cool to get a little little bit of uh, background. Um, But no, I thought it was interesting how you know there was. I felt like there was a lot of key moments uh, over the the tournaments they showed, or different things that they really didn't include um, because they were you know they had a set set guys that they were following. So like they didn't even show Rory at the PGA when he was leading after the first round or Zala Torres or any of those guys, just because they were specifically following JT and Jordan. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Like I get it. They can only, you know, they probably only have so many cameras are only on so many many guys. I
1: I will say just to cut you off too, is, and I'm not sure about um, the last episode, but I do know that in one of the last two episodes, they do follow Mito Pereira around. So I do know that we, I haven't seen it yet, but we will be seeing another perspective from that tournament in general.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, but no, I think it's, I think it's, it's really cool to what, what this show is doing mo- mainly just to show the personalities of each um, player. Cause you know, we, what we see in golf medium right now is very, very jaded because you know, what, what guys give the media at tournaments and stuff like that, that's, you know, that's going to be a, in a way a show um, not necessarily that it's fake, mm-hmm. yeah, not necessarily that it's fake, but they're just, you know, it's just, you know, they're going to give you what they're going to give you. And so, you know, they're, this show, they're kind of going into the players' homes and stuff like that and really getting the true personality of each person. Um, now some, some guys are different. Some guys like, you know, they didn't even, they didn't go into Jordan's house, and because I think he's a little more private than most guys. But like in the second episode, they um, they showed a lot of Brooks's home life, you know. Because um, I um, I think that's probably just because you know him him and Jenna love the limelight. Um, but um, yeah, just like didn't see much of Jordan's home life in that first episode, but saw a lot of Brooks's, and also um, saw a little bit of Scotty's. Uh, I think. You know, when they were filming that in that second episode where, um, you know, that it was mainly about Brooks and then Scotty was in there a little bit. I think they wish they ha- were following Scotty at the time. But it was like right at that moment where he was like starting to come out, you know, he won the waist and then Arnold Palmer. And it was kind of like they were like it, it looked like they were saying, oh, I wish we were following Scotty, but we're following Brooks because, you know, we already had this in play even though he's he's struggling. But I thought I thought the um the picture they showed in the second episode was really cool about how like you know Brooks is was really struggling. He was just in his head a ton. And then, you know, Scotty's playing great and um just in great mind space. And then, you know, um I just thought that was really cool just to see the the differences in golf and different personalities as well absolutely but yeah uh, i i completely
1: agree i think even just going off of kind of that second episode of of just one of the more simple things in golf especially at the, the higher the highest level um is you've got a guy like brooks who you know like you said i think that they were following because we were ready for his resurgence he was you know the a world beater there for for a handful of years and he was the guy that he was showing up to uh to the major championships and he was saying well you know there's 120 guys here 100 of them showed up already and just aren't gonna win and 15 of them um i'm gonna or 15 to 20 of them i'm gonna have to beat and that's you just that mindset of going in is you know something that made him so special but i do think that it was really really cool like you said to see that other side of brooks um because one of the criticisms that uh I think that he gets, and it looks like it is a bit of an unfair criticism, is that he doesn't care that much about the game or doesn't care about golf. He's just good at it and can make money at it and likes to win and compete. He cares quite a bit. And I think that it was cares it was really evident just seeing a guy like that struggling that I think without this show, you may have just thought, oh, well, he's just going back to his Amazing house, you know, with his with his trophy case that is is bigger than than half the people, you know, it, on the tour.
0: I thought you were going to say you were going to say. Trophy yeah, that that <laughs> doesn't hurt <laughs> either. But, um,
1: you know, he just kind of going home and just shrugging it off because he kind of and like you said, at the events is kind of the. The attitude that he can give off is just I'm here to do what I do. And if I don't do it, I'm upset, but kind of shrugs it off where I think that it's the opposite. I mean, he was grinding out there and he was just really struggling with the fact that he couldn't knock down the door. And I mean, he competed, you know, a decent amount in the beginning last year, he was right in it at the waste management. um, You know, when Scotty broke through and that was, I think the whole story is that was going to be where Brooks was going to break through again. But then that's kind of the opposite is Brooks, you know, made a a sloppy bogey on 16 and the rest is history on Scotty's run there. Um, and you know, obviously what happened with Brooks, but I think, yeah, overall just kind of showing too. And and I think again, going back to one of the simplest things in golf is, is, um, you know, Brooks saying that he's trying to think so much about everything that he's trying to do to get back to where he is. And he said, if you go ask Scotty Scheffler, what he's thinking about when he's taking the club back, it's nothing he's thinking yeah. about, I want to hit this ball there. And this is the flight that I want to hit it. And he's doing it. And that I think is just what is so crazy about this game. And you even get a little bit of it, you know, with, uh, with the Spieth and, and JT episode too, where, where I think for a long time, that's what Spieth, you know, he's always been a thinker mm-hmm. and, and definitely thinks and doesn't do things without thinking them through. But when things were going right for him in his big run, you, you have to imagine that there wasn't, as, there wasn't, it's wasn't near involved. as much thinking as there has been in the past couple of years of trying to get back to, to where he was there is like you said, it's, it's the ball is going in the hole. So I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. Um, and the ball is going to find its way in, but yeah, I think overall, and again, he said that you'd watch those two. Um, I, I've got just a couple episodes left. I, I just kept watching and watching. Um, but, uh, I think, um, the, the joke that I was saying to, to you and some of our other golf buddies too, was, um, it's, <laughs> It's an interesting show where, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it's not necessarily for guys like you or me. You're not, We're not the intended audience because we're golf sickos and we want complete ins and outs of what's this guy thinking and what's his thought process on this shot and and this and what's he trying to do. Where this is more geared towards towards kind of the average fan to try to boost them to get into golf sicko level. Um, which I think is awesome because the, the more of us out there, the better. Um, but, you know, if if you don't know what it means to make or miss a cut at a, at a PGA Tour about event, to say that if you don't know what it means, then just watch this show. And if you don't catch when they describe what it means in the first episode, you'll catch it in the second. If you miss it in the second, you'll get it in the third. And if you miss it in the third, you'll get it in the fourth you get four chances to learn about what it means to make or miss a cut on the PGA tour. And first episode, you get to learn what a bogey and a par is. um, And, uh, and how, if you miss a cut, you don't make any money, but, um, but all jokes aside, I mean, I understand that they have to do that, you know, and this is the, these are the same people that produced the, uh, the formula one um, same docu-series that completely hooked. I think a lot of Americans on, uh, on formula one racing. And I'm sure I haven't watched it, but I'm sure that they, they had to, describe things that Formula One craze fans were like w- w- what do you you know do we really have to talk about this
0: right that was one of the things that had like kind of got me thinking I was like I did I watched like an episode or two of Formula One last summer but I didn't really I never got into it but I was just wondering like for someone like me that doesn't know anything about Formula One how much of like that show, was just explaining like those simple things where somebody involved in Formula One would be like, "Oh my gosh, why are they why are they telling yeah. these people mm-hmm. this to people? Like like us watching this that's show, what, it's like, of course people know what making a cut is, but like you know the formula the person that's really into Formula One watching Full Swing might be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool! I didn't yeah, know that." Didn't, like, and like, yeah, like like you were saying too, is so I'm
1: sure that there's a lot of people out there that are watching this because they want to see these golfers as other than just, you know, jet setting guys that are just making millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, they, they may not have known that if you don't make the weekend, then you don't make any money and they, they actually lose money on that. Um, You know, so it it definitely, there definitely, you know, is a place and everything. And like I said, I, I think that, you know, it's just geared towards a little bit of a different audience, a broader audience, which is definitely the purpose of the show. Because if they you know made a show that was just geared towards the the top five percent of golf fans, then they would get that that they wouldn't get that many viewers but um but I think that um overall it's still a really cool uh it's 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 a lot of highlights of stuff that if you're you know you watch a lot of golf you've already seen, but I think that it really does a good job of of giving these guys a personality. And, you know, uh, they have one where they focus on Tony Finau and how much he loves his family and just gain such a respect for, for a guy like that, that you, you get to see what's going on a little bit more behind the scenes in with his family life and just respect exactly what he's doing and saying, I'm great at golf and I've been blessed to make a living and then some for me and my family. But, uh, but I'm going to choose my family over golf every time. And that's awesome. And, and the, the one, one more guy that I really wanted to touch on, which, um, you know, I'm sure is a little bit lesser known of a, uh, of a guy there is uh, Joel Damon, his episode. Oh, I, mean, I,
0: don't, I I don't ruin, I'm anything ruin for his me. episode, but
1: it, I haven't seen is, it yet.
0: I want to watch it. Is, so it bad. is
1: awesome because it really, really puts into perspective kind of his attitude and his, You know, his is one of his the only quote I'm going to say from the whole episode is he, you know, his attitude of he's obviously one of the best players in the world. But he says, you know, am I going to be the number one player in the world one day? No, but somebody has to be the number 70th player in the world. So why not me? So I just, you know, and then he's surrounded by people that are like, man, you're so much better than that. So I think it's just cool to see kind of the reasoning behind and how that how he makes that attitude work for him where obviously that attitude isn't going to work for every, every professional player. It's not going to work for a lot of them, honestly, right. you know, just kind of self deprecating. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, that, that episode really gave quite, quite the background and, and stories on his attitude yes. and, and how his attitude matches up with his skill and, and how they work together.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to watch that episode, especially because I'm, I'm watching it with Emily, my wife. And um, it's really cool to see her watch it because like when, Especially those first couple of episodes where, you know, they were going the JT and Jordan won, It was the PGA Championship, and then Brooks and Scotty was like uh, waste management. And so she w- she's pretty new to golf. She wasn't um, in it until our relationship really. And so the last like she knows so much more now than she did last year. And so we were watching this, and she was re- rewatching some things, and she was like going crazy. She was like, "Man, I wish I would have." seen these things like last year or like at least known what i know now um but yeah and then we wa- we were, saw the ad for the joel Dahman episode and she, and like you know he lifts his shirt up on 16 at, at waste management or whatever and like just says like he's such a character and emily's just like is this guy crazy i'm like no he's not he's just not like a Roy <laughs> McElroy. and so i'm really excited to see that episode and see his character because like he's one of those guys where like there's been times he's played Bay Hill, missed the cut. And then he's playing at the, at the winter park nine in the money game on, on Friday evening, just because it's yeah. a fun time. Um, kind of how Max Homa played in that money mm-hmm. game after winning a couple weeks ago. Just yeah, kind of cool. Definitely. But, he,
1: he, he's um, definitely in, in that episode, I think just shows so many, so many aspects of him with his, his family life. And, uh, and his attitude there um behind it which is it's definitely been my favorite episode so far so definitely can't wait for you to get to that like
0: what episode, what episode number um
1: that? that's a great question maybe probably five You've four or so five well there's eight there's eight there's eight and, and, there, there's eight, there's eight and i've know. got two left so i think it was five <laughs> i think it might have been five and
0: it's at least, it's either three, it's, four, or five because I only watched. It's, the first it's four two, or five because or they
1: focus on Fitzpatrick and Tony Fienel, um in one of the last episodes that I was watching.
0: Okay. Well, since uh, that that second episode was talking about Brooks and Scotty at the waste management, should we uh, transition into uh, the waste management and uh, the person that uh, picked? The correct winner last episode. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I mean, I I will always die on the hill, and I will most likely. Die. I don't know that I will this week. Seeing, I'm just looking over to my left. If you see me, I'm watching the the Genesis at Riv and and Thursday rounds going on Tired. right now. And John Romm's one back of Max Homa, so I'm. But uh, so I'll I'll almost always die on the on the uh, the hill of backing John Romm going into a weekend if he's within a few shots. You are such a
0: you are such a robo I, I am a robo
1: i it, it, but um but this week this week I'm, i i'm all in on max um I, I think that i think that this could be his week but before we get into that uh let's let's go back and talk a little bit more like you said as i was wrong with my rom pick and and you knew that Scotty would just kind of make his way through and just completely outlast everyone and and i think um at least from my perspective i think that it was not that he went anywhere or was gone anywhere i just think it was a good welcome back because he had his his really big run around this time last year, um, you know, so, so the most of his run was between Scottsdale um, and the masters obviously can, continued to play great. Um, you know, was a, a runner up or T three in the U S open missed the playoff by one shot. Um, but uh, definitely I think that this was a little bit more of, you know, if if we're talking about, you know, is it Rom or Rory who's the best player in the world, he's saying, Well, don't forget about me. I'm I'm still here and I and I'm gonna just come in and I'm gonna kinda kinda shut stuff down a little bit. But um that was my way of it. And is he is he the most entertaining golfer to watch in the world? No. And and I think that too, that that episode of full swing just kinda going back and forth here, shows a little bit more about him. And and I mean, you know, he I, I don't wanna say, you know, he's a, a simple man, but he 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 is, he is himself, I think is the best way to put it. He's himself. He does everything intentionally. And, um, you know, he's not going to be like Joel Damon, who's going to be taking his shirt off on 16, but he's going to get the job done when it matters. So I think that that was really cool to watch again. Is, is again, he, he's not the most entertaining guy to watch just run away with a three, three shot lead or whatever on, uh, on Sunday. But it, when you really look into it, it, it is quite, quite impressive.
0: I don't know. I kind of I I'm a I'm big Scotty Train guy. I love watching watching that man make birdies. I just feel like because he's just flailing all around with his legs, and it's just like you feel like it shouldn't go straight, but it does, and it's just perfect. He is, and and, and, and that's um, I, I think. And then also, there's been a, playing a couple amateur tournaments, and he's been there and seen him. It's just kind of cool, like seeing those guys play. I played with an amateur golf to. You know, do other things they're doing now, definitely, really definitely, good. and
1: and I mean, watching him, and and I think that especially with his swing, a lot of his swings will look very similar. They'll look a little bit discombobulated, but um, but just watching the way that he works it with coming out of kind of similar similar spots in the golf swing, and you know, you could watch him hit ten shots, and the swings would all look the same to the untrained eye, and and they'd all go different flights, different directions, and and uh, completely be purposeful. But um, but yeah, and definitely like what you said is definitely cool to to see guys that that you've been out there and and you know rub shoulders with and and competed against um you know one day you guys were were doing that and then and then um there they are now and i think that that shows too just you know going back to the pro am aspect of this year is that shows how how quickly it can happen and you know for for a guy like you who's, who's still kind of cutting his teeth a little and you know really putting his all and working hard into to be in on that next level i think that it it shows that just takes one or two big breaks and then you gain gain everything that you need and, and you can kind of skyrocket from there it's the the ability is definitely out there to uh to do that yeah gotta play better absolutely yeah the, the, that's the 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 moonlight <laughs> moonlight tour events have definitely been um uh, anybody who's anybody um kick-started their career on the moonlight. it's it's,
0: it's glorified gambling <laughs> it's, to be honest i i'm, I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm super proud of it, but <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's legalized gambling, yeah, dude, yeah. legalized yeah. golf. Gambling.
0: I got to provide for my family. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. That, <laughs> you, well, you know, if you miss cuts, then you don't make any money. Just in case you didn't know.
0: Yeah, the people are moving on the swing. Are. But, like, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't finish top four in a twelve man so field. Missed darn, I missed cuts. the cut. So, that,
1: so with the moonlight, this is what the cut means. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, but uh, but um, I think going into that um kind of covered covered most of of that again i mean again i don't know if you had anything on last week but if you don't then i i think that we could kind of turn it over to riv a little bit
0: yeah you know i i didn't watch much of last week but you know i i did call scotty so i just want the listeners to know that that you can watch you can listen to the first episode and paul asked me for my take and i said scotty's gonna take this thing and it did so, it. I'm, so. I'm going to get my revenge um, here
1: um, and get it out in the open that uh, that I picked yeah. uh, two days ago. I picked Max Homa. So uh, he's. That's he's, right. You bet. I on did. It, he's currently uh, winning, shooting a 7 under 64.
0: 7, seven under. And that is. That is playing. And real. he makes it look easy I out mean, there in Cali. Can, he loves that golf course. That's right up his alley. He won a couple years ago. I mean, I. You took him, so I'm not going to say Max Homa, but shoot. I'm looking at this leaderboard after one round. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of cheating. Um, well, it's less cheating than we did but if going there's into anybody, the weekend at Waste
1: Management, so we're getting better by better, better week by week.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but one thing I did notice is that fa- Ricky shot 300 today. He's T10. He's like... He kind of had a sneaky finish at Waste and he's playing well this week. I by no means do I think he's going to win because mm-hmm. the man can't get it done. But he's going I been like he's been covering out a good year well. so far. Um, you know, I'm not going I feel like this guy's not going to win, but I've I'm going I feel like I got to just pick an off the wall, which I feel like I'm I'm being weird saying this is off the wall cuz he's T10 and he's one of the best players in the world, but I think Patrick Cantlay is going to going going to play well this week he shot a 300 a day and i feel like i haven't really seen his name a ton lately so i feel like you know he's from california and i feel like this is just you know
1: i I can see that's my dark horse
0: i feel like i can't i can't even call him a dark horse because fedex best players in the world (laughs) but
1: no but but this is definitely (laughs) like a type of event i think that there are a lot of events that you go in and you just say you you close your eyes on a Tuesday when you're trying to think of who's going to win and you close your eyes and you say, who can I see on walking up the 18th fairway with a one shot lead and two putts to win. And he's, he's a guy that, that you see there. Um, You know, obviously I think Max was, and that was a big reason why I did that too. But, but Cantlay is always, I think, especially in Cali, him and Max have that kind of that Cali connection there where, where they play, play really well at at courses like these um, growing up on them. But, but yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. And we've gotten, gotten this far on the podcast and we've gotten uh we've gotten this far in our riv conversation and and not brought up the the man who is back uh tiger tiger woods
0: um he just 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 okay he's even part
1: through 10 that's okay
0: back to even i mean t57 how i mean a made cut this week would be. I,
1: I just I amazing. just want to see the guy. I mean, anything's amazing. Him coming out and playing as a real competitor and really, you know, I mean, really kind of going out with a, a chance that he thinks to win. And that's everything that you can want when you're watching Tiger Woods. Um is, is him going out and saying, I feel that my game's good enough to win. But I think I think I would just love to see him make a cut because I, I just want to see how his body holds up over four days. Um, I, I think that that's a big thing because I think that his, his game is, is not an issue, but his game is an issue because he can't get enough reps because of his body. So I think if he can do, if he can play in this and then maybe play in Bay Hill and, and make the cut in both of those and successfully get through and, you know, have a respectable finish, making the cut and, you know, making the cut and having a, a decent weekend, not, not making the cut and then imploding because his body gives out on him. I think that, I mean, if he if he can do those two things and, and go in and, and have two solid weeks, you know, and I mean, I'd say solid as top 40, top 30, just making the cut, making it through four days, then he's got to be a guy that you got to think of going into Augusta. But um, I think that that's just an exciting thing to watch and something that I, at least I never thought we'd be able, we'd be sitting here in 2023 watching Tiger Woods play at Riviera again after everything that's happened.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I mean I I never want to count the man out because I mean he won in twenty nineteen. I want can you imagine if he won this golf tournament? I mean seven he's back what, he's got seven holes left is <laughs> Max Homa. He's seven back, but I mean a lot of golf to play. Lot of golf. <laughs> he's ten holes in the <laughs> tournament. I'm talking is about he your dark horse, Tiger Woods. But, <laughs> no yeah the the greatest player ever he's my my dark horse is
1: a top 10 player in the world
0: (laughs) yeah but no i think like i've been having some thoughts of like i feel like this is really like conspiracy theory like austin coming out of the woodworks like the car crash i feel like he just wants to have that ben hogan story you know because ben hogan had the He was in the car wreck in what, the fifties and then came back and won the U S open or the masters or one of the majors. And, like, obviously, he did not get mm-hmm. in a car wreck on purpose, I, it, like, but but I could see it fueling I mean, him a little bit more
1: than it. it, it yeah, if, just kind of like, oh, I mean, if this that never wreck, happened like, and he got into a car accident, uh, you know, would he have Hogan doesn't have anything on yeah. me? I am going to
0: come back. Yeah, if, like, if
1: if that didn't happen and he got into a car world. accident, would he have really fought this hard to be playing in these events? I mean, I think that that's a fair thing to to right. say, um, but i I think that uh, that overall, it's it, again, like I alluded to and said earlier, is it's not his his game that. I'm unimpressed with or not unimpressed, but it's not his game that I think is holding him back. It's, it's the repetitions and the body. So if he can just kind of continue to build that and, you know, I mean, he still looks more physically fit from a, you know, a visual perspective than half the guys out there. Um, I, I think that it's, it's quite impressive. Yeah. But, um, but again, just, just quickly, I know, um, that, uh, just talking about this golf course, it's, uh, it's, you know, for golf sickos and, and, and new fans alike it's it's one of the best golf courses that we're going to see on tv all year um at riviera out there in uh, in california but i i know that you have a little bit of experience there i know that we had mentioned in episode one about our experience um at pebble beach and pinehurst and the 18 and 19 USAMs. but you also played the 17 usam and that was uh, held out at riv there so just tell a little bit maybe about you know what people can can look for in in the courses they're watching this weekend from your personal experience
0: Absolutely. Um man, that golf course is pure. But uh as I alluded to in the first episode that like I wasn't very good um you know, through junior golf and was one of the you know I w- I wasn't terrible, but you know, you guys were were all better than me and um really like later later high Can we school that one college, and put it on social media. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, you yep. want That Paul notoriety. Was better
1: than me. Let's just oh, say it. One, that's... just, just that sentence.
0: <laughs> you were, you were. <laughs> you made the state team before All right, I did. Go ahead. Uh, I two am. I two start. years older than me. Uh, technically, we made the same state team the same yes, same year, did. sophomore year. But year wise, you were performing. me. Uh, but anyways, so you know, into college, I I progressed a lot late high school, and so I, you know, was fortunate enough to go to Cincinnati and um, get a little bit of scholarship, and so I was, like, still progressing, and, but my freshman year wasn't, still wasn't great, you know, I averaged 76 my freshman year, and sophomore year um, averaged 71, so I made a, a huge progression from freshman year and sophomore year, and I attribute that to my coach at Cincinnati, just kind of, teaching me how to play golf in a sense of, you know, taking my physical abilities to, um, you know, the golf course and making a score rather than just hitting golf ball. And so, uh, in 2017, that was the summer after sophomore year. And I had come off a great year, you know, conference player of the year and in, in 2016, 2017 for the American conference. And, um, yeah, so our, our home course at Cincinnati actually held USAM qualifying, so I was, you know, had a little bit of a of, of a leg up on most of the guys. But um, got through there, finished. I think I don't remember if it was, I think it was top three or four. I don't remember, but um, but yeah, I finished like second and tied with um, one of my uh, my my best man, man actually. Um, at, at the wedding, Davis Baxter, we both made it out to the US Amateur Riv. And so, uh, went out there, and it was my first US Amateur, um, first like big tournament. I mean, I guess I played in the, the US Junior in 2014. But, you know, that was junior. Yeah, that was junior golf. And it was like, you know, didn't care as much. And in a sense, uh, it wasn't like as big of a deal. Uh, even though it was a huge deal, it was just like, you know great time um but yeah 2017 i get there and and like i'm ready to like bring all of the the things i've learned over the past year and a half of you know truly learning about course management short game like you know really scrambling and i come to this pga tour course of honestly one of the one of the best courses as far as architecture and strategy and just like testing your game, golf courses in the United States. Um, and I just did horribly. <laughs> I finished, I I didn't finish last, but it was probably close to it. Um, I think I shot 79 at Bel Air and then maybe 80 at, Riviera and I I think I was just kind of starstruck. I was way out of my comfort zone and um, Just really didn't have uh, the comfort zone there and one of the most interesting things that I like Realized after playing that golf course was you know people talk about you know the waste management or those courses in California where the the ball just breaks to a certain area, like to the valley, as I say, at waste management. Well, it kind of does the same thing at RIV, where everything goes towards the ocean or Santa Monica Pier. And so I went back, and I had the stroke play round at RIV. I, I think I shot 80 with 40 putts. So I didn't hit it terribly, but I did not hit it good. Um, and so I went back, and I think every single putt that I missed – was on the direction of the ocean, (laughs) which, which was, was so like, so interesting. So, you know, the, the holes were the break, it was breaking away from the ocean. I missed high and the holes that was breaking towards the ocean. I missed low. And so that was so interesting because you're in a valley, like people don't, I don't know how much you can really see on TV, but it almost looks like when you're, when you're playing the golf course, like. The ho- there's houses around the entire property that are, are raised and then the entire golf course is just like a square and it's just like set down in a valley. So like you have no idea like that there's like gravity going that way. Um, but man, that golf course is so pure and the Kikuya is the one of the most wild grasses because I grew up on a golf course before before Triple Crown uh, that had zoysia Pretty long zoysia, and so I was kind of used to a similar similar type of of grass, but this was like zoysia that was super sticky, almost like grainy, like a Bermuda, and it was just I was you know way out of my comfort zone. Um, but it was it was cool, you know. That was my first US amateur and learned a lot. Had my dad on the bag, and uh, that was the time when I think Joaquin Neiman was number one in the world, or Colin Morikawa was. I can't remember, but I think you know. Joaquin they always pair one two and three up in the um stroke play portion of the U.S. Amateurs so I think Joaquin and Colin and maybe maybe someone else were playing together at that at that event so awesome. it was so much fun, awesome
1: though. super cool yeah I, I think that um that just uh this week is is one of the one of the top weeks especially the time of year that it that it comes on is is everyone's itching for golf and you get to go see like you said one of the best courses honestly in the United States and probably the world um from an architecture um perspective there I think it that, that there's no bad hole out there even the ones that may look simple are just beautifully crafted and and well done and and I mean, it's another elevated event, so we've got a hell of a field again. And when any time that the big cat's there, it, it it elevates the status everywhere. So I'm sure that a lot of people will be watching this weekend, and and hope that everyone kind of enjoys that and, and sits back and and enjoys that with the with the long weekend here. I think that it it's going to lead to some good viewership on uh, some good viewing on Saturday and Sunday there. But overall, again, I just wanted to wrap up this episode too and uh and say what a what an awesome time again i had with you austin i really enjoyed doing this with you and um, kind of talking through some of the things of our of our week here and in the golf world that we're going on but uh again really enjoyed it buddy and thanks to everyone for uh for listening and for the support we're uh we're still working through some things here being being new podcasters so we appreciate you guys bearing with us and just kind of listening to us uh, us to just riff back and forth a little bit about golf but that's all i had so austin if you want to take us out, then you can, but, um, don't know if you had anything else.
0: Absolutely, buddy. Um, no, I got, I got nothing else. Um, ready to watch Tiger this weekend.
1: Thank you all for uh, listening to the pro-am podcast and we'll see you next time.
0: Here at the U S amateur, talk a little bit about having, uh, Paul Clancy on the bag, what it's meant to you in getting you to, um, be yourself on the golf course. Oh, he gets it on the green. Landed
1: on the green. That Thank is you. some
0: speed. Take that. Thank you. And Austin
1: Squires, the 64 seed, a two-up win. breath That <laughs> right. well, should count as two sand saves.